And you're listening to Talking Travel. Sally Lucas joining me, Jane Klein. And Sally, off to a couple of really good destinations and I'm tossing up. Which one are we going to first? Canada, Hawaii, <sighs> Hawaii, Canada? Well, I think Hawaii because we'd all love some sunshine instead of the rain. <laughs> if we go to Canada, we'll get snowed on and maybe not rained on. But anyway, we'll go to Hawaii first, I think. And it's become a very popular destination. Picked up again. I mean, it used to be years ago and then sort of other places took over, like the nearness of Asia and cheaper airfares and so on. But because of the dollar, of course, for people travelling to these US areas, it, of course, is you know, a, a much sought-after destination now and has increased so much in popularity that it um, experienced a 62% growth in visitor numbers from Australia just in the month of July last year compared to the previous year. And also in August, apparently, they still had a 42% increase. So all up to date, there's still a huge increase in people going to Hawaii. Now, it's got a lot to offer. A lot of different parts of Hawaii, all the islands were volcanic at some stage in their development. Uh, Oahu, which is the main island, we often say Hawaii and people think that that's the island that, that Honolulu is on, but it's not. It's on the island of Oahu. The island of Hawaii or Hawaii is where you've got Mount Kilauea, which is the most you know, active volcano that spews regularly and it's quite fantastic to see that, particularly if you do a helicopter flight. It's certainly worthwhile. At night? Well, you could do it at night, I suppose, yes. I mean, if it's really got the lava happening at night, it would look absolutely fantastic, wouldn't it? Um, and then when it goes into the water, all the sizzling and everything as it spills down into the ocean. So it's still an island in formation, whereas all the others have already formed. And Diamond Head, which we probably know a lot about on the island of Oahu because it was famous for um, a lot of the uh, war you know, heroes were buried there and people who suffered during the bombing, of course, of the um, Arizona. And you can go and do a cruise to do that. It's a very moving uh, ceremony to, to go and see and listen to what happened and you can actually you know you can do things like cycling and hiking and there are walks and you can still see when you stand up on Diamond Head you are looking down into a crater which is verdant and green now but I mean it's you know it was once a, a volcano and also when you go to Kauai which was an island we were talking about the other day Jane it's fantastic because it's got the Waimea Canyon and and Haleakala National Park, and it's quite steep, and you can do some wonderful walking trails, hiking, etc. there, and it's very different in scenery. Again, it's it's called the Miniature Grand Canyon, so your colours there are totally different again. You've got all your black lava on the main, main island of Hawaii, and then you've got Oahu, which, of course, is the more commercial island now, but famous for its surf breaks, of course, where a lot of the big surfing competitions are held sort of as we speak almost. The the big surf runs from sort of November through till about February. Um, then the other times of the year, it's flat as a pancake and you cannot believe these massive surfs roll in in those winter months. Um, of course, the main beach of Waikiki is very crowded, but you can stroll up either end in the other direction and there'll always be plenty of beach to share. And you can do wonderful things like swimming with dolphins there. You can go kayaking. You can learn how to do the paddle boarding if you want. Um, you, on Maui, which is called the Garden Isle because it's so lush again. And you can do a wonderful, it's famous for its luau over there, which is your famous Hawaiian feast where they cook everything in the imu with just the oven in the ground and bring all this beautiful pork and, you know, candlelight and then you have the Hawaiian dancing and so on. And Lahaina is the old capital, which used to be a whaling capital there, but they've got an interesting museum. Uh, Lahaina is the capital of Maui. Um, you've got Hilo and Kona are the two main cities, if you like to call them, on the big island of, of Hawaii. And then you've got a small island, Molokai, which isn't at all commercial, which was, was once a leper colony many years ago. And it's, it's quite peaceful and quiet. 
right if you wanted something different. Um, you can get on a bus in Honolulu, and it's just called the bus, and you can go right round the island, hop on and hop off, and it gives you an idea if you may wish to then hire a car and forage a bit further. But hiring a car is a good way to go. It's cheap. Again, we're talking about the dollar, the fuel, everything is cheap over there. A lot of the airports on the outer islands are quite a way out of the accommodation and township because of the fact that they are volcanic islands with mountains, so they have to put the airstrip strategically in a flat area. And so therefore you're often better off just picking up a car at the airport and toddling off and doing your own thing. And it's not busy you know, roadways on the outer islands. They're all sealed. You're driving on the other side, but it doesn't take long to get used to that, to be quite honest with you. And of course, these days, as we just said, with the dollar, I mean, everything is so reasonably priced, your food, your excursions. It's good for the ladies who like shopping. There's great shopping centres, international marketplace. Um, so yeah, Hawaii has a lot to offer. And please, if you do go, don't just go to Honolulu, really the Hawaiian Islands do have many diverse things for you to explore and it's worth definitely visiting at least a couple of the outer islands. To NURFM on a Friday afternoon. It is 19 past one. Saturday, of course, coming up soon, 12 o'clock rock from midday tomorrow. You can rock and roll and remember the good times, Dave Cochran, and the best 50s, 60s and 70s rock and roll. And right now, we are talking travel, plenty of magic moments in there. Sally Lucas, we're heading to Canada. Canada, we have a wonderful affinity with Canada. Oz and Canadians get on really well. We seem to ha live a very similar lifestyle. And um, yes, it's always been, I guess, a very popular destination for Australians. And I thought today we'd talk mainly about the Canadian wilderness rather than just the parts we normally talk about and know about. Um, and there's, of course, lots of that over there, a stack of it to go and see. Um, and it's really, you can just depart from the everyday and get off the beaten track quite easily over there with something quite mind-blowing. So, you know, just to give you an idea of some of the places you can go to, there's Trout Point Lodge in Nova Scotia. And it's really in the heart of wilderness. It's in the far-flung east of Nova Scotia. And um, it's one of um, Atlantic Canada's largest wilderness areas. And you've got uh, Arcadian forests and you can go kayaking, hiking, wilderness safaris, swimming, stargazing, mountain biking... And and, of course, they have things like, you know, saunas, hot tubs, massages, all that sort of thing. If you want to look a bit more information on that, it's troutpoint.com. So that's an easy one to remember. And, so of course, all, trout sorry, fishing as trout well. Trout fishing as yes. well. So I always think of perhaps the western side of Canada as mm. being more wilderness, but it seems there's wilderness all over the place. There, there is, except for the middle where you've got your prairies, you know. But then when you go further north again, you've got wilderness again once you head to the Yukon and so on. So, yes, it's a very interesting part, and I guess we know more about the west than we do about the east. Um, they will go west now to Night Inlet and there's a lot of information on Night Inlet. It's known as the Grizzly Bear Capital, if you like, um, in British Columbia, which is just north of the Campbell River, which isn't that far from um, Vancouver. And it's it's one of the premier grizzly bear viewing spots in the world. So you, you set along the, the wonderful rugged coastline of Canada there with beautiful snow-capped peaks and um, 60 kilometres from the mouth of the inlet is this beautiful floating Night Inlet Lodge where you stay. And what happens is that salmon return to the river during autumn. So naturally, what does that attract? Bears. <laughs> and so as far as grizzly grazing goes, you, you can't go any better than going there. And there's a couple of websites if you'd like to look at, which is Night Inlet Lodge, as in K-N-I-G-H-T, Inlet Lodge, all one word, dot com, and grizzlytours.com, to bit of information on that. Now, another area will go across again to the east, uh, to the Quebec area, to the French part of Canada, the, the Laurentians. And this is a sort of an idyllic French-Canadian country 
countryside area, if you like, the, the Laurentians, if I can get my tongue around, north of Montreal, and it spans about 22,000 square kilometres. Um, and you can journey over plains and valleys and, again, mar- trek through mountains, kayaking lakes, and it's quite a beautiful wilderness area there as well. So you can go into www. Well, we don't need that, but just Laurentians, L-A-U-R-E-N-T-I-A-N-S, Laurentians.com, and get more information on that wilderness area. And as we mentioned, the wonderful Yukon, of course, gold rush days. You conjure up all sorts of images of the Yukon. And this is an incredible remote territory with sort of a lot of must-dos, I think, on your checklist. Again, you can go canoeing in moose country there. Um, enjoy a stroll with a parks um, Canadian naturalist in the actual one of the national parks. And you go there spotting birds and even sometimes a mink or a wolf, maybe, if you're lucky. And also, if you want a bit of heart-pumping action, you can go uh, rafting where there's these wonderful 150-metre-high canyons and walls and rapids. And then, of course, you've got hot springs there as well. So touryukon.com, or one word, touryukon.com is another website. And all of this you can do with most areas by rail. And you can actually get even Canadian rail passes now. And you've got a, a rail called Skeena Rail, which goes from Jasper up to Prince Rupert to take you to that north um, eastern, northwestern rather area. And then also you can go from Winnipeg up to Churchill. That's that wonderful part of the world where the polar bears are. And you couldn't get more fantastic than going out on the tundra in one of those buggies to experience the polar bears. Quite an amazing experience. I've seen photos of them with their big paws up on the people looking out and it's just the glass between you and the polar bear. I mean, it's quite an upfront experience, of course, but that is another remarkable thing you can do. And anything, you've got lots of festivals in Canada. Of course, we know about the Stampede in Calgary. Um, And Edmonton is considered Canada's festival city and has 30 festivals annually there as well um, so look there's so much to do in Canada, a lot of wilderness areas as we said, beautiful rail journeys you can do that take you through the length and almost the breadth of Canada you know because some mountains are a bit hazardous you can't always build rail journeys or tracks everywhere but you do have a wonderful rail network for those that don't want to go touring or particularly or don't want to drive, you can still get to these wonderful areas of Canada and explore their wonderful wilderness areas. Thank you Sally Lucas. Thank you Jane. And there'll be lots Lots more good destinations next week when we talk travel after the one o'clock news on 2NURFM.